Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we thank you again for joining us as we search the Word of God, study it, and on a weekly and sometimes many times bi-weekly basis, we have Bible studies, and I hope that you are joining us and would also communicate with us. We have two ways today that I can we can uh, connect with me. One is uh, through email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can mail us at uh, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. That's Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Again, we're going to continue our previous studies. And this is going to be a brief study um, on this subject about marriage. And we've been, the I guess the uh, total lesson has been on winning in life. And this subject here is winning in marriage. And I think that's, again, one of the um, foundations that God has given us for society and for man. And the first one he introduced is the family and in the family being started with husband and wife. And marriage is under attack. But yet, if we will stand in the word of God and apply godly principles to our marriages, that husband and wives will come together and not only physically and and um, and uh, romantically, but also come together spiritually, because that's what marriage is, a spirit, spiritual union. And so as we start out today, I think most most important ways that we can win in marriage is when we communicate. Um, words are important. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue, meaning that what we say, what we how we communicate with each other, the loving ways, the ways that we tell our spouse that we love them, that we care for them, that we are there for them. And we have different ways. I've, I've read books about the many love languages that uh, um, uh, that people receive. Some like gifts. Some uh, they like a pat on the back or congratulations. Others like, uh, you know, just um, uh, affirmations or confirmations that you did a good job. Some people need to hear that. Need to hear that, uh, you know what? Thank you, uh, honey, for uh, bringing in the groceries or, or uh, you know, or cleaning the house or just those affirmations, you know, just those things to say, I appreciate you. And see, all these things have got to be communicated. And that's one thing that the enemy and we and we know the enemy is Satan. There is a devil loose. There is a uh, there is evil in the world and he hates anything that God has formed and that God has put together. Even the marriage vows in the uh, in the uh, established, or I would say in the older versions of the marriage vows, where it says that whom God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And so, in that is saying, in that vow is saying that let's come together and stay together. But we know that the enemy's job is to separate us, because marriage again represents Christ and the church. It's the example that we put before. Uh, the unbeliever, we put before those who are looking for uh, stability, who are looking for Christ in the earth, where we as believers and we as uh, married uh, 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 couples can show Christ. We can show the love as we uh, raise our children in the body of Christ, as we teach them the word, as we stay together faithfully. And we, you know, when we fall, when we, um, you know, as we go through life, as we age, you know, and whatever may cap, whatever may cap, whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's uh, whatever the case may be, financial issues, we stay together and we trust God. 
because Jesus said in uh, the book of Second Corinthians, he says, my grace is sufficient for my strength to make perfect in your weakness. This is what he told Apostle Paul. And when Paul went to him, when he was being attacked by the enemy, and this is where we got to have to put our marriages. We have to cover our marriages with grace. If we are going to win, and we are winners, but if we are going to win in marriage, and again, winning in marriage is more than just the biggest car, the biggest house, uh, the smart kids sending your kids to the private school and to the best schools and all those things. Those things are good. But to have peace in your home, to have love between the husband and wife that the children can see, that uh, your that we don't have to put on an affront to where you know we are all lovey and kissy huggy in the, in the church, but on the outside, uh, uh, you know we're fighting like as the, the old school words would be like cats and dogs. I remember my wife and I once were going into church. And we walked behind this couple. They were hugging and holding hands, and and all all uh, you know the things that lovers would do. They walked into the church. He said, "Oh, what a great example of a of a married couple." Well, just so happened we walked out of when we walked out of church later on that that afternoon. We were behind the same couple, and he just he acted as though he didn't even know the woman. And you say, "What happened in church that would cause them to be?" To be to he to treat her or her to treat him so differently, but when there's real love, you know you're the same all the time. You're constant. It doesn't mean you won't have problems. It doesn't mean that you won't have uh, uh, things to overcome. It doesn't mean that you won't have differences. But what it means is we put everything before God. We come and we cover our spouse with with the grace of God, and we give them grace. What grace means that when we we not agree. We don't agree. We don't come become disagreeable. Just because I don't see it your way doesn't make me a bad person. Or just because you don't see it my way doesn't make you bad. But what it does is it it should cause us to come together and say, let's pray, and ask God to bring peace in this situation, because Scripture says, where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Did you hear me? He says where envy and strife in other words where you're 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 butting heads you know you know i've heard this uh not only in counseling but in you know just out among people when they're talking about marriage you know can't talk to him he won't listen he never hears anything that i say like talking to a brick wall or you know or, or she you know, just just clams up and won't speak or or she talks so much i can't get a word in or the only thing he does is argue and first fuss and just frustrating i can't wait you know till i get out of this mess and again that's not winning winning is humbling yourself and i believe that's the thing that we all should take uh and I mean a we. We means inclusive, Eric. That we all should take every day, knowing that it's not when you when your things are going good. No, it's God that's, that's blessing your marriage. When you're having uh, issues, whatever that issue may be, it's God that will sustain you and bring you out. So today we're going to talk about communication, and and uh, Lack of a better word, lack of a better of a uh, title. If I had one today, would be let's talk, let's communicate. And when you when you're communicating, that means you talk, the other person talk. But when it's a, a soliloquy, is is when 
or a solo is when one person is being heard. But in a marriage, you've got to hear your spouse. Somewhere, somehow, your spouse has got to be heard. I know I've heard a time or two where you're not you're not letting me talk. You're not letting me uh you're not you're not you're not hearing me. And see, when a person, even though you can hear, but it's often said that when people are arguing, uh, uh, what we call talking, <laughs> uh I heard one lady say that uh having heated fellowship is when one party, the both parties are only waiting for a gap so they can talk. They're not listening. So therefore, you're not communicating. Communicating means message is given, message is received. So if I'm talking to Danielle, that means she hears what I say and she receives what I say. And when she's talking to me, I hear what she say and says, and I receive what she says. See, it's one, it's because uh, the old, I also say old school, but, you know, I know my mom would say sometimes when she would give instructions and we wouldn't uh, be me. When I'm when I don't listen and she's giving me something to do and I didn't do it or I say, Mom, I, I didn't hear you. Right. She said, yeah, it goes in one eye, one ear and out the other. Huh? You're just not hearing. Yeah, I heard her, but I wasn't listening. And see, not only must we have that for our spouse, it's the same way we must have with God. We can't be just going one way. That's not prayer. Communicating with God should be listening. More listening than talking because God has all the answers. It may help us as, a, as uh, uh, the Lord says, come, let us reason together. Yes, but God doesn't need, he doesn't need for you to inform him. It's all right that, you know, as we communicate with God to tell him what's going on and you can lay things out. But more important in that in that conversation is us receiving what he says. And that's how it is, must be, when our spouse, we've got to hear, what are they saying? What's at the bottom of this? Because if you don't hear about the little things, this, that small thing is going to become a mountain. It, will become a, it can become a mountain of a problem. Because scripture says, it's the little foxes that destroy the vine or destroy the branch. And it was talking about a, a, um, a, a grapevine. And it was saying, you know, a person that's big enough is able to take the grapes off the vine, but the fox will tear it up, will, will destroy it, trying to get the fruit off of it. And that's just my little interpretation of it. But what I, my whole point is today is that we must communicate. We must hear each other, not just tolerate, but hear. So let's go now over to uh, the book of James, James uh, 3 and 8. And this is the book of James, and James is talking about the tongue. Remember, I, we said earlier from the book of Proverbs says, um, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Surely, if you've been married for any amount of time or you just observe marriages and you've been around, if you've been in a family where the uh, mom and dad were there, you've heard, you, you've heard uh, uh, disagreements. And hopefully that's all you heard. But for many of us, you know, we heard things that, our little ears shouldn't have heard as small children. Some have, have seen um, um, mother and dad physically fighting, uh, verbally fighting, all of those things, things being said that, you know, the children shouldn't hear, but yet we heard them. And somehow, some way, by the grace of God, 
many of us have had uh, a successful marriage. It might have taken you getting being married two or three times, four times, whatever the case may be. But now you're settled, and you recognize that 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 person that seemed like that every marriage you had, the same problem kept creeping up. The only way we solve problems that continue to creep up, we got to go and look in the in the mirror and see the person that's causing the problem. Did you hear me? We have to go and look in the mirror and see the person that's causing the problem. Because when a problem happens over and over and over and the same, and you have this problem with everybody, that ought to tell you something. I am the only person that's different. So therefore, maybe the problem is with me. So here James is talking about the tongue. He said, but the tongue can no man tame. James 3 and 8, it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therefore, we bless God, even the Father, and curse men, which are after the similitude of God. Another basic what James is saying is that if we don't, the tongue that God has given us, because Jesus said again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when, when the tongue speaks forth deadly poison, that means that we have bitterness. We have bitterness on the inside of us. And these things spring up when we don't resolve. We have unresolved issues. We have unresolved problems that we allow to fester. And, and see, that's where the Bible talks about envy and strife. That strife comes about because we become bitter. We know, we've allowed that, 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 uh, that uh, offense. For Jesus said, offenses are going to come. You are going to be offended. Somebody is going to say something to you. Your wife is going to say something to you. You know, even it might have been out of the innocency of, innocency of her heart. She's not meaning. She might have been joking. She might have been just, you know, repeating something that someone else said. And we could become offended. And, you know, we could reverse that the other way. Well, the husband says something and he didn't mean it like it came out. But yet he said it. And then we take offense and we say within ourselves, if he ever said it again, it's on. And see, we allow that thing, but we have to be quick to forgive, quick to forgive. That's why Jesus says offenses will come, but it's up to us to squash that and say, no, I'm not going to allow myself to become bitter. I'm not going to uh, uh, let this cause strife with me or in me. I heard a, um, one of the uh, one of one of uh, a Bible teacher talking about one day, he said he and his wife have been having issues and um it seemed like that every time he turned around, uh, this certain problem or this certain uh, thing came up between he and his wife. And he knew, and he searched, he's, I, uh, just this is from my memory now, he, he knew that this thing was happening. And he said, Lord, uh, uh, she's keep offending me in this same area. Seemed like she should know. And he said, God told him, he said, you know what? It's not for you to worry about how she's treating you and that he didn't use the word worry but you should uh deal with how you are treating her god is not going to punish me how because of how daniel treated me he is going to deal with me on how i treated her god wants me to treat her with love with kindness and affection and some people may disagree but said oh you know if somebody uh, offend me or they they get on my wrong side, I'm going to get them told. But understand now that God will deal with them. 
You deal with your issues. You just let God deal with your inside man. Because if you get your heart right, and what I mean by getting your heart right is let the word of God and soak, soak in the love of God. That's how you, we win. We win when we allow the love of God to have, uh, Paul spoke to it like this, let the word of God have free course. In other words, let God deal with those that parts of you where you have unresolved issues, unresolved pain, things that you haven't talked about. And so many times when we get married and somebody step on your toe, touch that area, we, be, we become uh, quickly incensed or quickly, uh, you know, we, 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 we go to another level because our sensitive area has been, has been touched. See, that's what we have to deal with. And this is what James is saying here. He said that tongue, that bitterness he's talking about, that deadly poison, it comes from the inside. It comes from a bitter heart. And he says, this should not be. Going down to the 10th verse, it says, out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and curses. He said, brethren, this, this, this shouldn't be from a believer. We can't have, 11 verses, does a fountain bring forth sweet and bitter water? Can a fig tree bring bare olives or either vine figs? Can a fountain yield both salt and fresh water? We all know, no, that's not the case. Either the water is going to be fresh or salt. The fig tree either going to bear figs or it bears nothing. Figs will not, a fig tree will not bring forth olives. So we have to learn how to reserve, not reserve ourselves, but we have to have to how to uh, carry ourselves or conduct ourselves in love. It, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. He says, love, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't speak evil. Lo the love of God, the love of God, which we all have. We, have, we have access to it. We have love. If you are a believer and you've been uh, um, uh, saved and, and blessed to have the spirit of God within you, and if you are a Christian, you have the spirit of God within you. But if we are uh, a child of God, then we have the love. And we have the ability to let the love of God flow through us and in us. This is what uh, the Bible says about love when he talks about charity. And this love he's talking about is God's kind of love. He says God's kind of love. This, this is 1 Corinthians 13, 4. It suffers long. In a marriage, you have to have the ability to say, you know what? This is a problem. And, and, and be willing to pray about it. Be willing to say, Lord. How do you want me to handle this? Or oh, Lord, uh, uh, how should I react to this? The, the, uh, the, uh, the seventh verse says that the God's kind of love bears all things. Has the ability to forgive. It when you bear something, that means that you're willing to say, you know what, Lord? I'm not, a, I'm not the cause of it, but I can bear it. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You mean you're able to endure an offense. You got to worry about getting, getting you, getting them back. I'm going I'm to get you. Wait, I'm going to get you. He said, he said, the love of God, he said, God's kind of love never fails. Never fails. Never fails. And he finished that fourth verse. He says, the God's kind of love suffers long, is kind, envious not, does not vault itself. In other words, it's not, it's not uh, proud and boastful. It's not puffed up. These are characteristics that, that, that we see talking about an individual, but how glorious a marriage is when that marriage 
is covered in the grace and the love of God. When we allow God to, to, to as I said earlier, letting the word of God flow through us, flow out of us to our husband, whether he's saved or not, to our wife, whether she's saved or not. And if they are saved, coming together and saying, you know what, let's pray about this. Let's, uh, let's talk about this among ourselves. Then present our case to God and say, Father, we present this to you. We want our marriage to work. We declare by the grace of God and by the power of God that your love flows through me to my wife. My, the love for my wife flows to me. It's just simple. Jesus said this to, he said, this way uh, um, uh, is so plain. It was in Isaiah 35. He said, a fool was not, not there. It's so simple. It's so simple. But we want to make everything so complicated. And so marriage is hard. Yes, you. it takes it takes an effort. You have to work at marriage. It's not going to say, if you leave it unattended, unattended and don't work at it, don't apply yourself to it, eventually your marriage will get stale. Eventually, things will, 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 will start falling apart. Anything on this earth left unattended, it will decay. But you have to take care of it. You have to tend to it the same way you tend to your house. If you don't ever do anything to your house, it's going to fall apart. That's your physical house, even your natural house that you live in. If you don't take care of your body, it's going to fall apart. That's the same way you have to do with your marriage. You have to keep pay attention to it. You have to communicate with it. When there's correction that needs to be made, you have a with a with a, with a humble heart. With a humble heart, you come together and pray about it and say, Lord, we commit this to you. Time is rolling fast. Let's go down to uh, the book of First Peter 3. And here God is uh, now he's talking to, and I think I might have read this last week, but I'm going to bring this up again. This is First Peter 3 and 6, how God talks to uh, Sarah. And he begins to say, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now we know that um, this is a different day. But I believe that in our day, God's not asking you to be a slave, but yet you should, but yet he is asking us to be uh, uh, servants of one another. That the husband serves the wife and the wife serves the, the husband. And this royal um, um, example he's given, he said, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. He goes on to say, if you are of the body of Christ, you are a daughter of Sarah. And you are. And as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement, then he talks to the husband. He says, husband, dwell with your wife according to knowledge, giving honor to her as unto the weaker vessel. And when he's talking about the weaker vessel, God is not talking about weaker, weaker as, as I said last week about being, uh, you know, weaker mentally or weaker, weaker uh, in any other way other than I believe this weaker is talking about physically. No, the, the wife is not made as the husband, but she's in her physical stature and in most cases is, is, is weaker than the husband. She's not she's not wasn't made to uh, bear the, the physical burdens that a man in most cases can. I'm not saying that women aren't strong. I'm not saying that, but they're strong in different mostly in different areas. OK, but here I'm going to give you a different. Uh, this is what the first Peter three and eight says in the amplified version. He says, finally, all of you should be of one and the same mind, united in spirit, sympathizing with one another. 
loving each other as brethren. I'm sorry, I got, got the wrong verse there. Here we go. Verse number seven. There we are. Uh, amplified version. In the same way you married men should live considerately with your wife, with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation, honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs of the grace of God, which is God's unmerited favor. We both, we both, Danielle and I, share in the grace of God. If you have a spouse, you share in the grace of God. And and, the, and, and, and in life, in order that your prayers be not hindered. So God is telling the husband, if you do not honor her, if you do not support her as your wife, then he's saying your prayers will be hindered and cut off. And your prayer, you can, you will not be able to pray effectively if you don't give her her proper place in your life. As I said earlier, the wife is number two to only God. She's second only to God and should be in a, in a marriage. She's not second to the children. She's not second to the mother-in-law. She's not second to uh, uh, the buddies. She's only second to God, as you should be to her. God is the only one that should come before her. And when, as Paul was writing, and rather, uh, uh, yes, Paul was writing here, I'm sorry, Peter was writing here. He's saying that we should be aware and cognizant of our place in the marriage. The wife is considered our helpmeet. Now, I believe it's, 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 it's amazing how God said he took the rib from the man. The rib protects his heart. Your ribs protect your heart. This That, that rib cage is the... Uh, is the, is the, is the uh, container, or rather the, the shield for the heart. We know we got the skin there. We know we have muscles and tits and, new, and tissues. But however, the ribs are what protect the heart from, uh, uh, from damage or whether, or whether with, 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 with uh, lessen the damage when it's a blow to the heart. And this is how the wife and the husband must be to each other. We've got to be there to love on each other, to encourage each other, to lift up each other. This is how we will win. And this is how we are winning in the body of Christ and in, in, in as we walk this walk in life. God has given us scripture. He's given us example. We see and, and, and uh, uh, we should look around and be encouraged when we see our elders as they age on and they're still married, still married rather. And we see them, their hairs went from black brown to, to gray and then into white and they're still married and still married rather than they're loving each other and they have children and grandchildren that come that they are, are surrounded by them god has promised us long life and length of days he's promised us that if we so desire we can have successful marriages we can be an example to the world because the world doesn't have it the day's culture doesn't have it that's why many don't want, they don't want to get married. They live together they, because they don't want to go through the hurt and the pain that uh, that accompanies uh, a marriage because they've seen it in their parents. They've seen it in their friends. They've seen it in uh, 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 the world at large. Let's be examples to the world. Let's show them. We don't have to brag. I believe the greatest witness that we ever could do is first to show to 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 uh, exemplify, to model a better word, to model a loving couple, 
to model a loving husband, a loving wife, to model the love of God so they can see. And you don't just model one day. You don't just walk down the runway and turn around and come back. And everybody say, oh, ain't they so? No, it's done day by day, month by month, year by year. They see you married uh, 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 one year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20. And they see you together that you're going higher and higher in God. Just a brief teaching this week as we uh, just talk about, I want to talk about marriage because we, again, we realize marriage is under attack, but we have a God that is able to sustain us and will sustain your marriage if you so desire. God is here with us. He said, accident shall be given. Seeking you shall find. Knocking it shall be opened unto you. If you desire to be married, look and, and, and seek God for that godly man, that godly woman who serve God first and then they can love you because if you get the love of God, you can love someone else. I thank you for joining us for Journeys in Grace today. I pray this message has been a blessing to you and that if you would reach out to us at Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com or Pastor Eric Post Office Box 4473 Marietta, Georgia 30061 you have the ability to succeed in this life and to win. You can win being married. You can win being single. You can win, win in widowhood. Whatever state you're in, God had designed for us by his grace and through his grace. For Jesus says we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Be blessed until we meet again on Journeys in Grace.